You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode 59. She has not told me to piss off. She has not told me that she doesn't want to sell, and she hasn't sold the house. So something's going on other than what's going on. Yeah. And so I just I kept following up every single week. The house Until was made. Nine months later. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode of Wholesaling Inc. brought to you by Investor Grit. We are here today to deliver yet another episode of how an investor here, a wholesaler, is making good money doing what he loves doing and that's wholesaling. And so he's going to deliver some gold nuggets. So if you guys are listening Everyone out there, Rhino Nation, get ready, get like a pad of paper, get a pen, and get ready to write down some of these gold nuggets that are going to be released today in this episode. Today, we have a gentleman by the name of Spencer Shadrack, and he is from Memphis, Tennessee. He's been in real estate for about three years total, and for the last two years, he has done strictly wholesaling. And so this guy has kind of switched whole gears and has been doing it full-time for about two years now. And in these two years, he's done 50-plus wholesale deals, which is pretty dang impressive. And so today, he's going to help deep dive one of those deals to help each one of you realize what you can do, something that you can implement today so you can take massive imperfect action and apply it to your wholesaling businesses today so that you can capitalize on this great market that continues to be good. All right, without further more to say, let's bring on Mr. Spencer Shadrack. Spencer, how you doing, my friend? Hey, what's up? All right. We've got you live. I can hear you well. Good old Memphis, Tennessee. I remember going back there. Was that in August that we met back there? August, September? Yeah, what I was guess that? We put kind of a, together an impromptu training session. We have, you know, our online friends, you know, we got together and, and kind of booked a trip to kind of get some training and exposure to other other wholesalers and other investors and so I think that was in August of 20, 2016 that we first met and I'm excited really excited about this next event I really think it's going to be blown out of the water at the end of the month here in Salt Lake City so perfect I remember still by the way to this day I tell everyone, everyone's like, hey, man, where's the best barbecue place? And I, we just barely went to San Antonio last year as well, but um, we went to a good one there, but it still comes back to, man, that rendezvous that we went to when we were in Memphis, Tennessee. So all the people out there, if you've never been to Memphis or live in Memphis, go to Rendezvous. That was one heck of a barbecue place I've ever eaten at. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a great time. And I, I it's kind of interesting, that dynamic of online friends meet you know, in person. So it's funny to just, just to see all the personalities and all the people that come together, you know, in person after we kind of know each other through the online world. And so it's obviously good to put a, put a name with a face and in person. So that was awesome. Cool. So Spencer, tell us this, you've been in real estate for like three years. What made the, I guess what, where was the shift in that whole mentality when you started saying, Hey, you know what, instead of just doing like traditional real estate or being in this arena, I'm now going to focus strictly on wholesaling. What was the big mind shift there? 
I was a real estate agent um, working for a property management company, and I, I had quit my full-time job as a property manager, and I uh, was doing full-time real estate agent activity. And a wholesaler, I think out of California, had got these houses under contract in Memphis. And he, he got them for like 15K a piece. And he said, man, if you find a buyer, I'll, I'll split whatever fee comes up. And obviously as a realtor, you know, I, I, have to, I have to put that money through my brokerage. And so he locked up those deals, those six houses. They were kind of in the lower end area, all rented for like 600 a month for 102,000. So what's 102 divided by six? 102,000 divided by six, you say? Yeah, so like 17 a piece. Yeah, you're about 17,000 a piece. So I found a buyer out of Canada working as a realtor. I was posting stuff on Craigslist and posting stuff on Zillow, houses that I had for sale. So I found a buyer out of Canada uh, that had reached out to me, one of my ads, and said they're looking for kind of a small package of houses. And at the time, I was I was moving investment properties 10, 20 at a time to these investors. And I think we ended up splitting a, I, I got them to buy the properties at 142. So we split a $40,000 fee. So roughly 19, 18 or 19 came to me and then 18 or 19 went to this other wholesaler out in California. And I had to give 25% of that to my broker. So I ended up only walking with maybe 13 of that. And at that point, that was kind of the shift for me was, why am I giving away four, four, five, six grand on a deal when, you know, um, this other wholesaler is not, you know, he's not giving away any of his portion. I I didn't think so. Um, That was kind of the shift for me was I need, I want to keep the lion's share um, of, of the proceeds. So now with that being said, what's kind of cool about this is that's still a great payday compared to like the typical, let's say traditional 3% that realtors get out there. This ends up being a, a huge win, even with that split to the broker, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in order to get a 13, in order to get a $20,000 check, let's say you sell a $500,000 house times 0.03, you're going to collect a $15,000 check. Okay. So if I sold a $750,000 house, uh, that would have been 22.5. So I would have had to find a client that was willing to let me sell their house for $600,000 and close on it in 20 days and, and, uh, to get a, a $20,000 commission check that quick. And so what I found as a realtor was I could, I could cash checks a lot quicker. I can improve my real estate fees because these wholesalers were willing to give away a good portion of the profit as a, as a brokerage fee. And so that was where I kind of, uh, inched my way closer to becoming um, a full-time investor at wholesaler was, realizing that those fees, I, I could get a portion of those fees if I just asked for, for more of the pie as a, as a real estate broker. So Cool. I like it. So two years now, you're focused on, on wholesaling. You've done 50 plus deals. Let's deep dive maybe a recent deal. And I think we've kind of talked a little bit about this, even maybe a deal that's going on right now. Let's deep dive this and help the listeners understand of maybe some 
gold nuggets of what they could implement today. Let's start right from the beginning on maybe how you got this deal and let's let's kind of go through the whole entire process. Yeah, so when I first got started, I was just new out of the gate and I, I didn't really know exactly what kind of marketing I wanted to do. I knew that if I, if I put out marketing, people were going to call and it was just a numbers game. And so my first method of marketing was bandit signs. And so I've been using that, that method ever since the first deal that I did was, was a bandit sign. And I made 11 grand off that first deal. How many Uh, signs, when you say like you're putting out these bandit signs, just so kind of Rhino Nation understands our listeners, you're putting out these like a what? 12 by 24 sign that says. Bandit sign is a sign you put out that, you know, the city may or may not have regulations against it. They're probably going to pick them up. Um, realtors don't like them. Um, sometimes they, you know, people, the city complains cause they kind of, they, they don't look great, you know, being on the side of the road. So it's a, just a 18 by 24 plastic sign that has a wire stake in it. And it, it says we buy houses cash and it has a phone number there. Okay. And so I, I've got some, some things I could share on, on how to, to decrease your cost on some of those things, but but we can talk about that later. Cool. Uh, so I've got someone who puts out signs for me. I've got a, a kind of a proprietary system that I've set up where this, you know, we, I give them the signs. Um, they go put them out. I'm able to track how many signs go out per day and I pay them per sign. I pay them a dollar per sign and I'm able to track uh, with this app called simple crew. And it's, it's basically just a, um, a bandit sign that they started it off. I don't know how they started it off at is just a tracking software, but they realized that the majority of their people who were using the app were, uh, real estate investors using it for their bandit signs. So they kind of switched gears and it's really kind of just geared towards investors now. Okay. Uh, so simple crew is just a tracking software app. I think it's 45 bucks a month and uh, I'm able to track my employee on him putting out signs. And so, the past three days, he's put out something like 500 signs or something like that. And I'm able to track all those signs that he puts out and pay so, him per sign. Holy so. smoke. So that's the difference right there. It's not just placing out maybe 10 or 15 signs, but good quantity number of signs. Is that kind of what it took to get that first deal that you ever did that was $11,000? Was it like 10 yeah, signs, like, 50 signs, 100 signs? Like seven to five. And then you know, I was eating dinner and then I would go out and put, you know, put out a hundred signs a night or whatever that equated to. Mm-hmm. So I was really busting my hump in the beginning uh, when I was working my nine to five to get that first deal, or I guess my seven to five. And that first deal, I mean, I made more in that first deal than, than my employer was paying me to work you know, full for, time. <laughs> well, it's two or three months worth of income, you know, right. So I didn't, I didn't need the income. So I just put that money back into marketing. And that was really where that set me up for success is, Hey, I'm going to start this off, right. And start this off as a business. And as a business owner, you know, you've got expenses and overhead that you need to take care of, um, in order to keep your business growing and going. So I put, you know, 25% back into my business each month for marketing and expenses. So Anyways, this one deal, if you want, yeah, so that's kind of the setup that I have for the bandit signs. And that's really how you got started, which is key. But then the key part that he just gave out, if you're listening to that, which I think is super key, is knowing that you need to put money back into that marketing channel. 
And so he threw out the number of 25%. So he took 25% of that 11,000, threw it back into marketing so that he can continue to grow that marketing budget to get more deals. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the numbers. It's how many signs you put out there. It's how many marketing pieces you put out there. It's how many people see your message that you buy homes. And so super smart. I love the fact that when you got that check, you didn't just think of, hey, we're going to Disneyland. Like, let's go party. Let's go have fun. But you instantly thought, I'm putting 25% right back into my marketing. Yeah, and it's different for every deal. I mean, if you've got $40,000 deals, you know, you don't necessarily need to put 25% back in. That's 10 grand. I mean, if you really want to, you can. But um, I just set aside 25% because during a hot market, you're going to see marketing campaigns that just go bust or you want to try new things like Facebook campaigns or Google campaigns or you want to you want to pay people to cold call. And so in order to get those campaigns started, you need to set aside funds and experimental funds. Sure. To do that as well. And, and if it doesn't work, then you're not you're not out a whole ton of money. You're not struggling to find that next deal. Um, so that's kind of that's why I put that much aside. And it's not a it's not a hey, I'm taking 25 percent of that and just setting it aside. I just kind of have a mental idea of what you know, what I want to put aside, you know what I mean? It's not like I, sure. it's not like a, I'm taking $2,500 out of 10,000, 10,000 and putting it in a checking account and, and doing that, which, which may be good for some people to do, but I just, I, I don't do that right now. So that's, uh, that's kind of how that is. So. Okay. So let's deep dive fast forward. Now to today, you start with bandit signs. It's able to feed your marketing budget. And now let's deep dive a deal that we're going to go right now and kind of start right from the beginning. Like this is where the marketing piece came from. Here's what we did. And let's, let's kind of break it down step by step. Yeah. So I ordered online from dirtcheapsons.com. It's 18 by 24 corrugated plastic sign that says cash for homes on one side with a red, red coloring. And the other side says I buy homes and it just has my phone number there. And uh, we cut those in half. So normally they're like $1.70 per piece. Um, and so we cut them in half. So we have, a, I guess, a 9 by 18 sign instead of an 18 by 24. So I cut that in half and then put a stake on it. And so it only ends up costing me about a dollar per sign. So I'm able to pay someone now to go put – I'm saving money on, on signs. So I'm now able to pay someone a dollar per sign to go put them out. So it costs me about $2 a sign. Okay. Those. So – Let's say I put out a thousand a month. It's going to cost me about two grand in marketing per month for bandits. So a lady called us back in February. She wanted to sell her house quick. We use call rail to, to uh, have all of our calls coming through Podio. So call rail is basically just a call tracking software that integrates with Podio, which is a CRM customer relationship management software. Okay. And that software uh, just allows you to track everything, all your calls, all your missed calls, all your voicemails. And we do a lot of our follow-up through that system. And so the call came in, uh, we answered it and we asked them what they wanted for the house. And I think they said they wanted 20, 25 or 20 or 25 or something. And I think we got them down to 15 on the phone. And then after we got them down to 15 on the phone, um, we set the appointment. So uh, tell me this, when you're talking to these, you're talking to them, you have this, maybe a script you go through. Is that, do you, I guess, do you go through us? Do you have a script that you use when you do stuff like this? Yeah, it's a script and it's a, you know, the, the basic script and, and it it really gets more fluid as you, as you talk, the more people you talk to, 
the more it just kind of comes out on, on what you're, what kind of information you're kind of trying to gather. Okay. From. And, and, um, our goal is really not to like figure out like a lot of information about the house, but just more about the situation. The why? Yeah. The why. Okay. And some of those questions, you know, Hey, thanks for calling. You know, tell us why you called today. You're, you have a, a house to sell for cash, correct? Oh, you know, make, that kind of weeds out anybody who's 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 kind of a, a not interested in selling their home. Maybe they're pissed off, or they're or maybe look, looking for full retail, right? For retail, or looking for a house to rent, or whoever. There's no telling who could be calling. Maybe it's the city, sure. whatever. So we go through a script and just say, you know, how much, you know. The basic script you guys gave us, I basically just gave that to my virtual assistant and uh, they go through the script with them and just ask them, you know, why are you selling the house? Do you, do you, are you behind on mortgages? Are you behind on taxes? Does the house need repairs? You know, who owns the house? Do you own the house? What are you going to do after you sell the house? I mean, these are all really important questions. And are these people answering these virtual assistants or are like your assistant doing this? Are they answering live or is this something that's going to voicemail and then call them back? It's a, it's a mix because obviously you can't, I mean, unless you hire someone, hire a team of people to, to be there around the clock, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have someone that's, that's answering live okay. unless you pay for that service. So we try to answer it live, but if it doesn't do live, it goes to voicemail. And so we call those people back and, and talk to them. And then there's a follow-up process that we have with that. You know, if they if they call us and then we call them back, and then we're able to set a reminder to call them back the next day, and that re- reminder automatically sends them a text message, and it also reminds us to call them back the next day. So it's like an automated system. Cool. So, so they're getting like a, a, a two-touch approach the next day. Yeah. Yes, because some people don't really want to talk on the phone. They just want to text or, you know, they're really passive. Some people are passive like that. They're passive – so you need to kind of attack it with a different approach. So we have like a, I guess a 10 or 12 sequence follow up where we're every time we, you know, if they, if they call us, we're going to call them back that day. And then maybe later on that day, and then we call them back the next day and then the next day and then the next day. And then we do a two day window for like three, three times. And then we do like a seven day window and then we do like a three week window and then like a month window. Okay. So it's like a so it's like a ten or twelve sequence. I can I it's, I set it all up like a year and a half ago to to do that. And so, um, but the power is it how many times you're connecting. I mean, that's that's the power behind everything you're saying right now is you're not just touching these people one time. Like you're reaching out to them multiple times. Follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. And we hear that all the time. That the secret is in the follow up. And and I can hear that one hundred percent. Like when you're saying this, like it just puts a smile to my face and kind of makes me sit there and think, Cody, am I following up this many times? Because that's huge. Yeah, I mean, there's one lady, I think I called her for nine months. Um, this is a different deal, but I called her for nine months and my wife, she said, Quit pestering that lady, quit pestering that lady. I said, No, she has she has not told me to piss off. She has not told me that she doesn't want to sell. And she hasn't sold the house. So something's going on other than what's going on. Yeah. And so I just, I kept following up every single week. The house Until was made. Nine months later. Later. And um, finally I got the deal and made a ton of money off that deal. And um, I, I said, I told you so. So, <laughs> uh, and she was like, well, we're going on vacation. I said, I'm going on vacation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going <laughs> So, no, that's. You now yeah. sleep on the couch? <laughs> yeah, I now sleep on the couch, right? 
Uh, yeah, so follow up is 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 a very important part of our game. They say that you know pe- someone doesn't commit until the fifth to seventh time that you follow up with them, and so that may or may not be true depending upon the situation. Sure. But I think that that is definitely true. Is if you have a system for follow up, then you should be using it. You know, so so that that system helps me out a lot with my time. My time is very important. I'm really good at talking with people and negotiating with people and, and being their friend and, and helping them out in a certain situation. So I'm focused on setting appointments, you know, um, w- during my day, I'm, I'm going on appointments, I'm locking up deals, um, working with contractors, working with rehabbers, you know, um, other, other parts of the business as well. So, uh, but for this particular deal, we, she said she wanted, let's see, I can look, look back at my notes here. Called on February 4th at 9.30 in the morning. She wanted to move to Oklahoma to be with her daughter and granddaughter. She said there's nothing major that needs work, just cosmetic, which is a red flag for most people. So it was a three-bed, one-and-a-half bath, uh, 1,200 square feet. Um, she owed a little bit in back taxes. The estimate was $48,000. Oh, she said she wanted $10,000 cash. And she's willing to, to negotiate. So that was just right on the phone live at that moment. She's like, hey, listen, I'm ready to move to Oklahoma. And uh, if you guys can bring me 10 grand cash, let's rock and roll. Yeah, so uh, awesome. he, set, he set the appointment the next day for 9.30 a.m. Okay. And I went out there and talked to her. And um, she she was not actually the owner. She was the daughter of the owner. So um, that was not really exactly optimal, but you know, if she had, if she was, if she was, if she had the power to sell the house, then that's, that's who I wanted to talk to. And so the mom owned the house. It was her grandma's house. And so I, you know, I just went out there and talked to her. We agreed on 10,000. I left the contract with her because she said she had someone else coming to see the house, which was a red flag for me. I, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that she had someone else coming. So, she said this other lady offered her 15,000 and I knew who this other person was. And so I, I you know, tried my maneuvers to try to get her to sell to me for cheaper, but that, that didn't work. So I finally agreed to 15 grand to match this other lady who was a wholesaler and come to find out she, she had a buyer lined up at 18,000. So she was trying to lock it up for 15, which is not a good way to, to do deals just because you have one buyer at 18 doesn't mean you need to lock it up for 3000 less than, than what you could sell it for. Um, so I wanted to be at 10 because I would love to have this house at 10. I'd love to buy it for 10 and put $10,000 into it and keep it as a long-term rental rented for seven fifty a month, you know, 20,000 all in for seven fifty a month. But it quickly turned into needing to pay 15,000 for the property. And then at that point I was like, well, I don't really know if I want to keep it for a rental. I'd rather just wholesale it or turn around and sell it. So she agreed to the 15 and we set a 30 day closing. Um, but there were some issues with title. They, they had some documents and some people on the deed that, uh, were dead. And so we had, it took a little bit longer. It took about 45 days. So now, um, so our listeners kind of understand that as well. Sometimes when we hear that, it kind of gets like scary, like, oh, crud, what if I come across the property and all this on there? Like, is it is it something that you physically now have to run through all this? Or is this something that you just turn it over to the title, title starts taking care of it? Yeah, so whenever I'm talking to my seller, I just say, hey, you know, I'm 
I'm committing to closing before 30 days, but there may be some issues that come along if the title is not clear. So I'm going to put an automatic extension in this contract till we get that done. For instance, in, in Tennessee, if someone passes away and they owned a house, well, you've got to go back and get a release form from the state to make sure that they don't have any outstanding debt or medical bills that are owed. And that's just called like a, a 10 care waiver and some other documents. But I just, I said, I sent it all to the attorney. I let them handle all of it. And they just tell me, they tell me exactly what, you know, what the process is, what, 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 how far along. And I just kind of, I, I kind of either communicate that I kind of over communicate that to the seller. Just, Hey, we're working on it. We're moving forward. You know, I committed to 30 days, but you guys had this stuff that was going on. So we're still moving forward and just kind of keep them apprised because a lot of sellers, they get anxious and they want to close and they, they don't know the process and they aren't, they, they got to trust the process. And so that's kind of what I tell them is, Hey, trust the process. You know, we're working towards closing. We need, we need these documents to close. And once, once we get these documents in from the state, you know, we're, we're good to go. And so, well, two uh, pinpoints, hold on one sec. I love this is the two good gold nuggets right there is he goes over to the closing attorney the attorney's the kind of the one that's like feeding all this, like, hey, we're gonna need this, 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 and this. So the best part about it is you don't have to know a whole heck of a lot and how the title process works and how the closing process works. That is the title company or the closing attorney's job to do that. You may have to relay some message, but the second part about this that I love what Spencer does is he's consistently staying actively engaged with that seller. And letting them know, here's what's going on, and here's what this is, and we've got this process going on. Trust the process. We're here. Because I think so many people think, oh, we're just going to put it under contract and then just let it run its course. And then I think that's the time when you can run into trouble and where people may try to back out of the deal or want to not do the deal because they, they haven't heard from the investor. And so I think it's key to mark down in notes if there's anything worth listening like right now that was just pinpointed out is stay in contact with that seller. It's huge because they don't know this process. They kind of need to be like they're handheld all the way through this process. So Spencer's doing a good job on, on making sure that he helps them through the process, that there's nothing to be scared of. This is typical. We see this all the time. Just trust the process. The attorney's going through it. We're pulling this, we're pulling that. But then ultimately those sellers are going to be there and then be calm and they're going to understand the process because you're just keeping in contact with them regularly. Yeah. And normally in a normal real estate transaction, you've got a seller, you've got a buyer, you've got their real estate attorney, you've got a seller, you've got, sorry, you've got a a seller and uh, their real estate agent and then their attorney, you've got a buyer, their real estate agent and then their attorney. So there's six people that are involved in a normal transaction, not including title secretaries and home inspectors and insurance people and all the appraisers and (laughs) all the the loan originator and all these different people. So you're, you know, if if you're buying a house for cash and you're just dealing directly with the seller and you've got one title company, you know, you're, you're wearing the hat of seven different people at some times with, with all that process. And so, so it's good to over communicate what's going on to all parties, even the title company. I mean, I, I kind of tell my title company what to do. Hey, call this person, give them an update. Hey, hey, did 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 the title company give you an update on what's going on? Because they're coming from a position of power. They're the one closing the deal, and so a lot of times it's better to for it, it to come from a title company 
than than for me if I if I feel like I need to go that route at any given time. Yeah, so ended up locking up that deal and passing it off to the real estate attorney title company here in Memphis and um, the property was occupied, but I, I, I know of s- several investors and, and buyers that buy properties that are not occupied. And so this lady was going to move, I gave her an extra week to move out after closing. And so I ended up buying the property myself, agreeing on the 15,000. I think it took, I closed last Tuesday. So it took what, 40 days. What's that? 40, 45 days from February 4th, two months almost. Okay. So almost 60 days to get all the documents in and everything. So, and that's another reason why you need to stuff your pipeline because some of these deals are going to take one month, six months, eight months. I mean, sometimes it takes, take a long time to, to push them out. So I didn't want to use my own cash. So I reached out to, I had the cash, but I didn't want to use my own cash because I just didn't want to. So I reached out to one of my investors and I said, Hey, would you want to do the note, the short term note on this? And, and he and I have an arrangement where he's actually my insurance guy. Uh, he's an insurance salesman. And we, we made a deal where I was going to give him a certain amount of money up front and then um, pay him interest each month that I own the property. And it's really good for him because he's got, he, he doesn't have the headache of real estate, but he's got the, the, the security and the, the financial, you know, things that are, that are seductive about real estate, you know. He doesn't, he does, he, he, he does none of the headache and, and all of the fun part in terms of collecting money. So, um, he dropped off the check, I think for 15 grand at closing and, and he got some money out of it at, at closing. And then I've got to pay him, you know, interest each month until I sell that property. So the good thing about that is I already had found a buyer who wanted the property at 31,000 and they just wanted the property vacant. So I'm closing on that one on Tuesday. So about a 10 day turnaround. So I'll owe about 10 days worth of interest. And then I've got two closing costs that I've got to incur. So the net net on that one should be plus 13,000. I love it. And in a 10 day, well, I guess from the time under contract, 60 days, but, but I mean, it really is just from the time you buy it, it is, you know, 10 days or so. That's Um, fantastic. And you bring up a good point. I think a lot of people think they've got to get their own money to get involved in wholesaling that you have to buy the home and you have to do this. And so everyone instantly thinks, well, I don't have 15 grand or in my state, man, you're not getting a home for 15 grand. It's going to be a minimum of 60 in some areas, but majority of the time you're going to be about a hundred to 150 in Salt Lake city. And a lot of people think, man, I don't have that kind of money. So it's a good point to, to just put out there that there are a lot of ways. And there's a lot of people out there that are willing to lend out money short term so that they can make some money on their on their own money. They hate it just sitting there dead in their bank accounts. And so why not? I mean, if you've got a deal where you can lend on and you're only lending out 10 days, and in something like this, what's he going to make on that 10 days lending out $15,000? So he charged me three points up front. So that was like, uh, what's three points 150 on? times three. So you're looking 450 bucks? Yeah, 450 bucks for... Drop, all I did, all I did was he dropped off. He had his banker drop off a cashier's check at the closing office, so he didn't even do it himself. That's and the best part. He's automated it, his own process. <laughs> yeah, so ten days he's making. Uh, let's see, one hundred fifty a month. One hundred fifty a month divided uh, by thirty. About thirty, so eight bucks a day or whatever that comes out to. Yeah. So, well, five bucks a day, let's call it times 10. So let's say 50 bucks. So he lends out $15,000 for a month 
Today. Or for 10 days. Sorry. Yeah. So 50 bucks uh, plus the 450. So he's making $500 for 10 days. There's not a stock market out there. So a lot of people are willing to lend out, especially with those terms, because where can you make 500 bucks doing nothing but just lending out for 10 days? That's phenomenal. Well, and I kind of, I made the right pitch, you know, and I made the right presentation whenever I'm requesting funds for somebody to say, hey, here's the opportunity. Here's the, here's how, here's a way to mitigate risk. I'm buying it for 15. It's worth 50. You know, if you have to foreclose on it, then, you know, it, you, you're, you, you got your butt covered. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're back by the asset, right? I've already, I've already got a buyer lined up. I just need the short term funds if you want to make some dollars. So that's a pretty win win situation for most investors. And so again, that, you know, that relationship came through by me just kind of talking about my business with other people and um, using other people's money. It's called OPM. And um, so other people's money. And so now I'm able to, instead of using my own funds, I can, I can close 10 deals a month with other people's money. Um, super versus, huge versus using my own funds. And so that's been really huge for me in, in building the business. Yeah. So he, he's satisfied. He also does uh, short term notes for me. I'll buy a house for 15 grand and he'll put it on a three year note. Um, it'll rent for six or 700 bucks a month and I'll, I'll put the rehab in myself. And so he, he does some of those for me. And so that's another reason why I want to keep, keep him happy is because I want him to keep on loaning me money on those little dinker deals where I can pay him keep off. Keep him for rentals. I pay him off in three years and keep keep him happy as well with the short term deals. He, he's still making good money on on those three year deals, but you know the, the the sweetheart ones are ones where you can make five hundred bucks in ten days. You know, so super smart man. Well, Spencer, I'm telling you from start to finish, I just love how it's. Every, every deal is unique and you would probably agree with that, but I just love that you have to, you think outside the box every single time. If there's any hiccups along the way with titles, you keep in contact with the seller to let them know what's going on. You've got marketing going out consistently. You don't do the, I think a lot of people feel the roller coaster of wholesaling and usually nine times out of 10. In fact, I'd be willing to bet it's 99 times out of a hundred is because they never refuel that marketing. They kind of make a deal and then they're like, oh man, let's see if we can get some more deals. But they don't realize the consistent deal flow comes from consistently putting back into that marketing budget like you've explained in this podcast. And then just from top to bottom, you've covered how important it is to stay in contact with your seller and then some unique ways of how you can continue to buy 10 deals a month because ultimately you're not using your own money. You can use other people's money you're still going to make your fair share of, of profit, but then ultimately you can get more deals though because, again, we all have a cap on how much money we actually have in the bank and what we can use on purchasing homes every single month. So absolutely love it, my man. That's it. Okay, so tell me this to end. If you were to start over from the beginning so we can help Rando Nation get some last-minute nuggets – if you were to start from the beginning all over again, what would be like your gold gem saying, here's what I'd make sure I would do differently or here's something that I'd make sure I did again because it worked so good for me? I'd say that follow-up and persistence on marketing and talking with sellers is pretty important. If I had to do, do it over again and do something different, I would put aside money every time I get a check 
I would put aside money for taxes. I'd put aside money for uh, my own income and I put aside money for expenses. So when you're wholesaling, you just, you think about the $10,000 check and you don't think about the $3,000 that you need to send out for mailers and then your income that you need to make that month, month whether it's 2000 or 4000 and then the money you got to pay to the government for that check. And so that's one thing I do differently is set aside money each month um, kind of in those different buckets so that I'm kind of knowing how to have a balanced business. So, okay. I'm going to throw out a, I'm going to throw out a book and I'm going to ask you for your favorite book, but this book's going to coincide with what you just said that split up that account. There's a book out there called profit first. It's like one of my favorite books and it talks about how you split those buckets up and how you save for taxes, how you save for like expenses, ongoing expenses, how you pay yourself and it gives you some like percentage breakdown. So that is one book I'm going to throw in there. But then also, Spencer, I know you're an avid reader and always look to uh, gain more knowledge. What is a good book that you've recently read in the last maybe, let's say, 30, 60 days? Uh, the Bible. The Bible. I love it. I love it. And with that, I can tell you, I agree with you 100%. There's gold nuggets there. A lot of people just tie it gospel-wise, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in there on how to run every day of your life, every aspect of your life, not just spiritual side, business side, family side, you name it. It can come from that great book right there. So I appreciate that. That's awesome. Okay, my man. Well, I appreciate you joining our episode or our podcast today. I appreciate your time. I know your time is valuable. I know right when... You get done with this, you're going to go right back out to, to working hard, and that's why you continue to be successful in wholesaling. So thank you so much for joining us today. Man, I'm, I'm really excited to see you in a couple of weeks, and it's really going to be a blessing to be a part, uh, continue to be a part of the, the, the tribe and um, just learn from other people how they're doing their business. And I mean, just today I met a guy at one of my projects, and uh, he owned 26 houses free and clear generating $30,000 a month in income. He's still out there hustling deals up himself. Wow. And so there's always someone that's in front of you that is doing more or has done more or knows something more. And so uh, having a humble mindset like that is, is key in this business. So perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Rhino nation. We've heard another powerful episode that you can listen to over and over again. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, do so and put this on repeat. I know you can pull some gold nuggets out of here every time you listen, something that you can implement into your wholesaling business. For those new out there, jump in. What are you waiting for? It's an awesome market. It's a great time to get involved. And you can see step by step, it's really not that difficult. If there's anything difficult about wholesaling, it's usually the wholesaler. It's usually the investor that's difficult about it. But wholesaling itself is actually a very easy thing as long as you stay committed, consistent, and always doing something, taking massive action every single day. If you want to get some more gold nuggets just like that were shared today, you can always subscribe to our email list. Go to wholesalinginc.com. That's wholesalinginc.com. And subscribe to our email list. And we throw out gold nuggets all of the time. And we'll also email you and let you know when all the new podcasts release. So you can go on there and listen to how people are doing this nationwide. We'll see you next time on Wholesaling Inc. Brought to you by Investor Grit. Take care, guys. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.